1: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello,
2: welcome back. This is another episode of That Mill podcast. Um, joined by the usual suspects, uh, I know some of you will be shocked that this is the third or fourth, maybe, showing a row that my co-host and and co-founder and and partner in crime, the one and only Ben. No, the one and only. host mate,
3: You're right. I forget what you look like, mate. You've not been on the show since May, mate. How are you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When was it last? on your him before, mate. You can't say. Listen,
2: yeah, listen. <laughs> I can give you all the fucking big and near again. mean, anyway, um look at that, we're struggling that's uh that's knackered us up with uh, YouTube, mate, having uh, an extreme profanity less than fifteen seconds in. That's uh screwed us there, but hey, who cares?
3: Uh Welcome to Ben. How you doing, Ben? Evening fellas. Looking forward to having a catch up. Seems like it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, and it? So yeah. And uh and obviously um
2: the host of Who Are You, and if you want to get involved in there, drop him a DM
4: before he says it. Uh, the one and only Stephen Hedger, fellow you are. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Looking forward to this. It's good to, it's good to be back after, pre- after the preseason. season That's Break. it. That's it. So, um, yeah, we're recording this on
2: Thursday night, uh, and it is night, it's fairly late, uh, for your viewing pleasure. Um This will be hitting you Friday morning, so we have to start off by saying happy Friday to you all. Um, Those of you on your commute, it is just a few more hours until the weekend starts, Um, but we're possibly going to ruin that weekend by um, giving you some transfer rumours and some um, other bits and pieces. So we'll start off then. Rumour has it, from a fairly good source... I'm going to go with uh, the Fleming deal has been agreed with Burnley. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Go with you. our first, Omar. So what's the fee that's been agreed? Go on, tell us. What do we know? Do we know? I, don't minute. Minute. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know any fees in a minute, um, but all I do know is that allegedly um, the agreement has been done. I think the second bid, Millwall basically said, uh, this is refused, but if you come back with this, then we'll probably be able to do a deal, and I think Banley have come back with a figure what Millwall wanted. So I'm hearing again, it's it's uh, it's sourcing, some confirmed, but within the agent world.
1: I'm slightly devastated. I can't lie. Um, I think look, you buy and sell players. You want to try and set this model up, and we keep saying what the ideal is: buy players for one, two million pounds, sell them for twelve, fifteen, whatever it might be. The fee might turn out to be. If that's the case and we've agreed a deal with Burnley, I think, you know, you've got to have a value in mind and, you know, the club obviously stood strong, turned down two bids prior, if it's the third bid we've accepted in this scenario. I don't really want to lose Fleming, but at the same time, I hope the club's got some targets lined up and it can give us some more ammunition to go to the market and try and sum some players that could generate more value in the future and then talk about 30, 40 million pound that could come in in the future, you know. It's kind of the game we've got to play. It's how we've got to compete. Let's be honest, we're not going to get 30,000 pounds turn up at the den because we physically can't. So we've got to try and play to our sort of strengths really in this scenario. I think the only reservation I have is the impact Fleming has on this team. Yes, he scores goals. Yes, he contributes, but he's also a leader. And I think, you know, last season, you look at Fleming's impact. Okay, he went hot and cold a couple of times, but you look at Fleming and see what he's about it's going to be really hard to replace him. I know, like, you know, we can go to the market, spend five million on another player to try and replace him or however way you want to do it. I'm not surprised, well, I'm surprised we're not trying to, you know, bring Scott Twine into the deal or try and get someone on loan like that from them, for example. Oh. But, you know, but like, I look at this and I feel like, you know, it's a shame to lose him, but at the same time, a lot of money for the club and we can try and, you know, see how we can play with that from there. Benjamin?
3: Yeah, I'm a bit echoing what Omar said there. I mean, look, it is a shame to lose him. Don't mean well. He had, he had a great first season with us. I think just from what everyone said, certainly, certainly, Raheem in his interviews after having had decent games, he always said that the Premier League is going to be his destination. I just think maybe we all didn't anticipate it to be this quickly. After after a season, we probably thought it might have been after next year or in, in three years' time. I think. Every player and club has a fee, and I think if the club have gone to Burnley and said, "Look, get to this this number for us, and we'll do a deal," that's obviously what the club value him at. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a hefty profit for the club. And I think if we're looking at it as a, a as a business decision, we've had a fairly low outlay, and we're going to improve quite hefty, uh, quite heavily on that. Sorry, with a hefty fee, so it's not going to be a bad deal from the club. I think probably like all of us, I think my only concerns is do we have faith in the recruitment team to go out now and actually find the right players that are going to plug that 15 or 20 goal contribution gap, which is yeah, we're, what we're now going to need to do. I think it's a good deal for the club. I'm going to be sorry to see him go. He deserves the move, though. I think yeah, he had a decent year last year. Um, yeah, I'm just concerned about how
4: we are going to spend
3: it and if we can spend it wise enough. Stephen?
4: I think there's a couple of things that, for me, that that you'll never get the answer to, but it would be interesting and, and maybe something that we can discuss. Firstly, is how long has this been in the pipeline? Obviously, there's been rumours for uh, about a week, but was Nesbitt brought in on the basis that Fleming was staying or going? Did, did we have a transfer plan with money for CM Fleming, or did we have a transfer plan to have Fleming in the squad and people were going to come in around him. So it'd be interesting to, to to see maybe perhaps when that interest was, was, was first or contact was first made by Burnley. Um, The other thing is, is, you know, obviously we're working on the assumption that the source that you have is quite accurate and that a fee has been agreed, but it'd be interesting to see, have we gone down the, do we ask for a player in money? Do we ask for a sell on fee uh, instead of a player or what, what the deal is made up of? I think, Mill were not stupid. Mill were a business. All football clubs are a business. They want the highest fee for their players. And if Burnley and hit a fee that they're happy with, then we have to trust that the club have put themselves in the best position, for the, or that that they see is is the best position they could be in having lost Fleming. Um, if he goes, it'll be a shame. I think Omar's right. He it's not just it's not just his goals and his assist. It's that. It's that he made our, some of our players want to be better footballers. He made players want to improve and want to to, to show what they can do. And that's quite hard to find for a club like us. So it um, be a shame to see him go. We're going to miss a lot of qualities. But I just hope that the club put themselves in the best possible position for the rest of the transfer window with whatever fee or whatever deal they've agreed.
1: I actually feel, but, it's, Mickey, I feel it's undervalued impact though, you know, what I'm saying about Fleming because you watch him play. And like there's games and instances where like he's come out with broad chest and like, let's try and take this to the team against what we're playing against. Almost Steve Morrison-like in a sense. you know, like, He mm. was that kind of talisman for us. And I don't think we can underplay that. Uh, listen, you've got value in mind. The money's crazy. We don't turn over a lot of money as a club in general commercially. We don't really bring in a lot of shirt sales. We don't really bring in a lot of matchday revenue whilst the club are trying to improve that. And you can see it visibly. But to replace that kind of talisman, it's a, it's a tough ask, mate. And you can sign five players. Look at Gareth Bale when he went to Real Madrid, for example. Spurs signed nine players and half of them end up doing naff all for them. Look, I'm happy with the revenue if, if it's like, you know, the money we're looking out for and we're hoping for, but it's a big task to replace him.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. I think, he's a, I think he's a massive gasp. But I think, back to a point where you said there, Stephen, is were, when, when was the interest for Fleming come in and were we looking to get players in to replace Fleming as in, you know, heavy strikers and we are come on to the other the other players in a minute, are we looking at and stuff and the midfields and stuff like that? Um is that all on the back of the fact that they understood that Fleming was definitely going to be going? Because it's all right keeping hold of the player if that player really wants but if he's adamant that he wants to go in the Premier League and he wants to go you know, I mean, there was all this stuff with Declan Rice. you be been here and, you know, well, well, he's a business asset. You know, it's up to the club where they send him to. Well, yeah, but you know, Real Madrid could come in for Declan Rice, and if Declan Rice, you know, they offer 150 million, if Declan Rice says I don't want to play there, then he'll run out his contract to me, run it down, and then he go to Arsenal where he wants to play for for nothing. So, you know, I don't necessarily buy that way of thinking. Um,
4: but if you've got a player yeah. who wants to go, then go. the The big thing is is really is the Nesbit deal because that kind of come out of the blue because it, we'd we'd been linked heavily with Dykes, hadn't we? A couple of days before, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Nesbitt signed, million pound. and it was just it was done. I just wonder if he was bought in on the basis that he would be playing with Fleming. My opinion, I actually think that's the case. I think Nesbitt was brought in to bolster the attack, and Fleming was going to, the plan was to have Fleming behind perhaps him and Bradshaw or him. And now the, and then the interest from Burnley's come in. I think Nesbitt was coming through the door regardless of what happened to Fleming. But now the transfer window has completely changed.
1: I think you're right, though, because, like, obviously with Nisbet, we was after him in January as well. So, like, we know he's been a long time target, I suppose, in that sense. But I think you're right, obviously. But does it present an opportunity to someone like Eze to potentially play that role? I don't know. Like, can he do it? Million-dollar question. But it gives opportunities, I suppose, to change I mean, things up a little bit.
2: Well, that goes on to the news at Den article today, doesn't it, where Gary was speaking about the youngsters, and there seems to be quite a few of the youngsters being given first-team training um, and potentially a make or break, you know. Either if they make, if if they look as if they can do it, we're going to bring them into the first team. If they don't, then we look at loans, or we, you know, we look at selling. Um, which I think is probably the right way because I think there's as much as there's probably four or five at the moment what look as if they could come into the first team. There's probably another four or five who aren't necessarily getting into the under 21s team because of those players at the moment. So you sort of need to move them along as such so that you, then you can start bedding in the next generation of coming in. And allegedly so, I've been hearing that we've got some really good talent coming through Millwall, like the younger um, the younger age group coming through. So fingers crossed there, it, it works.
1: But it's it's nice to see them, isn't it? It's no surprise to see Tyler Bure be moved on because you've got the right of Maku there. Albeit slightly different profile, maybe more of a prolific, more of a striker out and out, but you've got to move these players on to not stagnate the progress of the players that are coming through. So I, I agree with you, Mickey. It's, but it's obviously the million dollar question how do we change and how do we like going forward? But I do agree with Stephen. Obviously, I don't think we've factored this in. And Ben said earlier, like we hope to hold on for a few more years. But ultimately, if the price has been hit and it's ridiculous money for Millwall, let's be honest, was it Sables that record tries were seven, eight million pounds? it's 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 changing money for us, but just hopefully Aldo and his team have got some targets lined up for us.
3: No, let's see. Go on, Ben. Anything else on Fleming? It was just uh, kind of on Imer's point of, in terms of the impacts that Fleming has on the squad, but it'd be interesting now to see what the squad make of it. So let's say he's gone, he's gone. Do the squad view it as a, we've lost our talisman, or it shows a bit of a lack of ambition from the club, we've lost him. Does that put the rest of the players on a bit of a downer? But it, as in the current players that are here. But then externally, I think it's quite a good thing for us. So I think players now that we may target that are in a similar mould to Fleming, the younger sort of players that we want to be targeting to try and make profit on, to try and progress them, it might make us a bit more attractive to players. So I actually, okay, actually well, look, we done it with Fleming, they signed him for a year, he had a good season and then, and then he got his move to the Premier League. So I think it's a really interesting one to see how <laughs> It will be viewed internally by the current squad, and how it will be viewed externally with players that we're potentially
1: looking at. Is it a downside as well, though, Ben? Because clubs know we have ten million pounds to spend. I, so like I
3: was hoping, oh, so, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Saying, I, I think that's a really interesting thing because we're not. We all know we're quite tight-lipped in terms of the transfer fees targets as well. And we said, that there's been coming kind of under the radar, and the fee again there has been multiple that have been bad about. Yeah, I think now it makes it if if clubs know that we got ten, twelve million in the bank and we're going to be a bit desperate to get a, a real top player in, I think we we may end up overspending. But again, look, we're, we're probably in that market now anyway, because no clubs want to lose their, their best players, right? Um, so it's going to make things harder for us. It'll be interesting, again, to see whether we tip, um, dip our toes back into that foreign market if we go back to Holland again and have a look, or if we're going to look a little bit more... Um, in the football league or or, or players that are out of favour in in lower sort of Premier League clubs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we do. I mean, the other player was obviously, again,
2: um, the sources are saying that it's a done deal with um, Joseph Bryan. That should be announced. Um, I don't think they do many announcements over a weekend. I think probably it would be announced on Monday, to be honest, um, rather than the weekend. But again, free transfer Uh, signing on fee paid by the club Um, and I'm hearing that he's on a good wage uh, purely because he was on good wage but there's no signing on fee so you sort of, you make the signing on fee um, tagged on top of there, didn't you? I mean, you know, realistically, what I didn't realise the other day, sorry, was uh, if you
4: think about it, 20 grand a week, it's a million pound a year, isn't it? Mm. I think though we we've got to the point I, I said this to you, I think well, a bit earlier, Mickey, that we're we're at a point now where we can't just do things like on the cheap with all the time. Like we're competing at a level now where where wages are higher in the championship, where there is competition. And if you want these players that <clears throat> sorry, if you want these players to come through the door and there's certain targets, you're gonna have to pay them the, the, the going rate. So the fact that we haven't had to pay a fee says to me I have no issue with him being one of the higher earners, based on the fact that we haven't had to haven't had to pay a fee. I get that, you know. You talk about the unrest in the squad, and other players might want this that or the other. But if you want to be successful in the championship now, looking at you know, Leicester have bought Harry Winks. Uh, they're after the guy from Swansea, Pirro. I think they're going to be chucking silly money at them. So we have to up our game and pay players what they what they what the going rate is.
2: I just, I just don't think the championship now is a, you know, five, ten thousand a week arena. Now, if you want the quality, you've got to be paying 15, 20, maybe twenty five grand a week on certain players, because otherwise, you're just going to be having, you know, the B team compared to the thing. And it'll be interesting this season again. We've not done our prediction show yet, but that'll be coming shortly. But you know, the talk is by a lot, a lot of people in the know is Leicester is going to piss it
1: well they've got the finances and the resources behind them ain't they let's be honest I, I think what begs the question is is what are we going to do with that money um, I for one personally will be straight after that defender that we had on loan from Leeds last year and Charlie Creswell if if there is a leading if there's some people there I actually also think he would consider the move I know he's a Leeds boy Leeds through and through but he's guaranteed to play for us this season I think I think he knows it too and if mule can call in if you're Charlie Creswell you know you're, okay he's playing the 21st tournament with a minute and stuff like that but Surely Mill will be thinking, right, if we get ten to twelve million pounds in, you go and get Charlie Cray as well. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's priority number one for me. I know we're losing Fleming, losing the big output on the in, in the attack, but you've got to get that player in because that's you know, if you go after Styles as well. No. Yeah. I would I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be against it, but I don't think I'd pay the three million pounds they're asking for him to be honest. I said it on Wednesday in the show there, but I think like, I don't think Styles set the world light admittedly, Styles is unbelievably technically, you know, great footballer. Potential is unreal there as well. But, I don't think he's said the world like to suggest that we have to must go and get him.
3: The, the oh, piece, though, going back to that, like, again, it's the sort of player that we're talking about where we sign him. He has another one or two great seasons with us. a Premier League side, he's 100% going to come knocking. Correct. For and it's an, he's another £10 million, million, yeah. £15 million pound player. He's English as well. He's bringing in some English tax on that. You could be looking at £20 million in a couple of years. I agree. So if that, if you can get him in as a release clause, again, which has kind of been mentioned or rumoured, you have to go and get those players now. And going back to your point, Stephen, we can't keep doing things on the If We've got that money. Go and get these sorts of players because it's the only way we're going to improve
4: the club immediately and in the next five, ten years. I think just on the, the Callum Styles, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a good player. Uh, it's not that I don't think he's does a good sure. player. Sorry, he doesn't watch it. None of his face too. Not like, not like um, Danny McNamara and all his mates when you threw me under the bus on that uh, on the Alfie uh, Plant show. Um, no, I think he's a good player, but the fact Omar hit the nail on the head. I don't think he's worth the three million. I don't think three million pound on a player that we didn't we didn't see as much of him as I'd have liked, and I just feel like that if you're going to sign, you, we signed Femin for one point seven million, and then you sign Styles for three. When you look at it like that, I just don't see that the, I don't see it, it would be a good deal for us. If we can get that fee cheaper, yes, but Barnsley are just going to hold on to him because they know they can. Don't you think it's strange that it's going got quieter? quiet? Watford
1: are meant to be interested in right? And then, I don't know, maybe Ferry Ishmael used to have him as a player and stuff like
4: that at Barnsley, but it's going to be quiet. Oh. Even Watford must be thinking like, oh, we don't want to pay three mil for him. I know they're slightly different players, but Tom Ince has just gone there as well. So they have bought in another kind of winger attacking player if that's where they're going to play style. So maybe they've moved on. Maybe they don't want to pay the C either. Would mm. you, would you, would you have, would
2: you have liked Millwall to go after Ince? Because allegedly, I mean, there was like a 50,000 £50, pound release
1: fee, wasn't there? No chance. Personally, no. Chance. no chance. I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't have wanted him. No, no, no. The fact I, him, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign him for the fact that Paul Ince has to turn up and watch
4: him play games as well. I mean, that's just it's, it's a no. And also on that, with Paul Ince, you find that if Row, if it didn't go well, Row was sacked, he'd probably be the n- saving for the job. He must be in the ear of all the, all the club owners when he goes to directors' games and stuff like that, to sit in the boxes
1: and stuff. He must set yeah. himself a fucking so well, honestly, to get the jobs he does. Like. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, there's no chance I'll touch Tom comments, and he is very love hate, and the the fans wouldn't take through him from day one. Let's be no. honest; they never have done, um, they never would.
2: <laughs> so, um, right, we're looking. There was another one will come out today. The um, I let Ben pronounce his name because I'm not going to. But the guy from Mother is it um, Hart? Hart, is it? Hearts, Josh Gingley, Gingley. Um Yeah, Josh Ginley, There you go. Who's um, refused his contract? Uh, and leaving them on a free Again, another player potentially on a free. What, again, hearing that potentially we might be looking at him, is that a player what you think would be suited for us? We do seem to be looking at a lot of midfielders. So, again, you see, the thing is, if you remember last year, Omar, towards the beginning of the year when you used to do shows with me, we used to talk about um, Gary Rowett and his videos were online with... um, it was it was heavily midfield focused, wasn't it? With his training videos, he's got a couple online where they're heavily midfield focused. Get the ball quick, get it out to the runners, and and, and go from there. Possibly is this showing where he's looking at putting
1: pace into the team this season? I think he looks he likes midfielders, and like if you don't remember, two years ago when we first played QPR start the season after lockdown. We didn't play 5-2-1-2, two, two, whatever dimensions you want to put it as. We played 5-3-2, and it was five defenders, so 3 seven set-and-the-halves, two wing-backs that bombed on, and then it was three midfielders that were up and down, up and down. The do you know who I think will benefit from that, by the way, is George Honeyman. I think George Honeyman on the right side of midfield in the midfield three would be unbelievable, and I don't know if Wright has this vision still that wants to do that. We have one holding, and then two either side, Sable potentially, and Honeyman, or whoever we try to sign. Um, I think he wants to go back to that and I think he likes the idea of having two quick sort of nippy forwards and that time it would have been during lockdown Bennett and Jed for example remember them doing so well together during lockdown I, I think he wants to play that I think that's what he wants to go to and I saw us play it against Ipswich away in pre-season of that season and we were unbelievable I think everyone's on one side Savills on the other I think you know you could see it work and I think, there's, I think he does want to potentially play that. And he, Evans was there. I know, unbelievable. I know. I know, I know. I'm not saying Evans is the odds for that, but I'm, I think he likes the idea of playing that sort of, <laughs> of formation. And with that, you can change it up a little bit and have you know a number 10 in there and play two old midfielders and try to change it about. But I think if we look at midfielders, is there potentially a departure there? Because I've seen Billy Mitchell be linked to of Bremen. Should we be concerned about that one? Let's, let's throw that one into the open. I was, I was just about to say, do we go into... Into the rumour what's
2: flying around what we've all seen about uh, and I don't know if it's if it's widely being seen, but yeah, Billy Mitchell's allegedly being eyed up by um by Ollie Burke's team, isn't it? What's what 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 co- what 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 the case? What's the team what's the team called? <laughs> I've got no idea, but I've got no idea in German football, mate, so yeah. After the abuse I got, that's it. After the abuse I got, after I'd done the show with the uh, with the Dutch guy, and some fella left a comment, going, "Christ, I can't believe that the Dutch guy speaks better English than Mickey." Do you know what I mean? I was <laughs> like, "Well, that's it. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna mention any name. I think it's difficult from now on." Do oh, know
1: was bags as well? By the way, He
2: <laughs> was, he was. And listen, thank you very much for all of you that, that watch on YouTube. Um, your comments, if you do comment on the shows, um, they all get read. And they're highly amusing, especially if you dig out one of us, then the rest of us have ammunition to take the piss out of everyone else. So we do
1: read all your comments. So yes, yeah, yeah. Dig him. There you
2: go.
1: Or him. But no, but Billy Mitchell, come on, Ben or Steven, is he leaving? I mean, I could see why clubs would be after me, though, but I would hold on to Mitchell with everything I've got.
3: Yeah, I, it, If uh, I want to lose two, I think, cool. sorry, so if we're losing one or Fleming or Mitchell, I'm far happier losing Fleming than I am Mitchell. The only thing I would say is when that rumour got bad about in the group the other day, I did search just to Google Billy Mitchell, Millwall, and nothing came up. So normally that's quite a good sign.
4: But yeah, if I'm losing one... I'll drive Fleming wherever he wants to go, we can't lose Billy Mitchell. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <clears throat> I think people some people will go, Oh, you know, Fleming sack of midfield and goals, blah blah blah. But I think Billy Mitchell is coming on leaps and bounds year after year. If he didn't if he didn't get injured, when he did, he'd have one player of the season by a country mile. There's no I don't think there's any debate in that. And I just think Mitchell is someone that you can really build the team around longer term. It, I, I think it would take a lot to take him away from Millwall. I know, you know, Premier League ambitions and stuff, but I don't think he would, like, force a move. If he's, I don't think he's that sort. I think he would have to be, you know, a decent fee. But, yeah, if if we had to, if we can keep one out of Fleming and Mitchell, uh, I'd agree with Ben. I think we have to hold on to him. If Mitchell was Dutch, Millwall fans would love him more. I know we love him, right?
1: But in another chat I'm in, he's still got labelled sideways Billy in, in one of the chats I'm in.
3: We like, have a man in there, Omar, if you want. We can call him Billy Van Mitchell if
1: you love you know him. <laughs> Billy Van Mitchell, there we go, it's sticking. But, like, because he, it's like, okay, I understand where people come from. He gets the ball and passes it back, Or, but he cycles the play so well. And I think he's key to what Rari wants to do. Like, I think he's the most crucial bit of that jigsaw. I really do, because, like, our defenders, they can't really get the ball at their feet quick enough to pass it out. You give it to Mitchell, and Mitchell does make it happen a bit more. But I, can't, I couldn't believe it when he. some people <coughs> criticise him. Okay, he doesn't get the stats to score goals and assists, but he's crucial to what we do. I will never have anyone say otherwise either.
3: Is this is going to sound a bit nuts, and I'm, this is not a direct comparison to the player, but if Southampton lose Ward-Prowse, which they're probably going to, he's the sort of player that I could honestly see Southampton buying because he's just a lovely footballer, tidy footballer box-to-box, box, full of energy, young. He's that sort of mould. If he went to a club like that, I could really see him going on to that next level. I think he's that good. I'm mm. not comparing him to Ward-Prowse. I say if they lost him, he'd be that sort of easy feel for them on like, we'll have to break the boat to get him. And I say, I think, yeah, I think he's just someone we have to build this team around. He's not going to go and get you 10 assists or 10 goals, but he's, yeah, for me, I don't think there's many better steady true midfielders than him in the in.
1: It keeps it ticking, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's the most underrated thing to have, I think. God yeah.
4: One I was gonna say one thing you just said there, Omar, and it's just again something to about to, to you guys, about our defence that can't get the ball out quick enough, which I agree one hundred percent with. That's why I think uh, Cresswell would be an excellent signing, because he that can me. do that. However, Jake Tupper into the last year of his deal. Because he's got that the extra year, isn't it? This is the the extra year that Millwall activated. There was contract talks about three months ago. Heard nothing since. No one's reported anything. If a club come in for him, would you cash in or would you do what we did with Jed and hope that he signed? If he wants to,
1: if he's not signing between now and the end of July, you have to cash in on him. Surely you've got to learn from your mistakes there. Okay, we might get fifteen million from Fleming. That's exaggerating the value there, but. Surely you got you got to like kind of turn around and go. Listen, sign the contracts or we'll put you up for transfer. No,
4: I I hope we I hope they get a deal done. I, I thought I, th- I thought last year Cooper was excellent. Mm. Um, he when Hutchinson got injured for a long spell, he took the armband and at first you kind of think he doesn't come across as a you know he doesn't he's not a shouter. He's not a, he doesn't. I know he's physically imposing. He doesn't look like a leader, but he really stepped up. I, th- I thought mm-hmm. and I, I would be quite disappointed if he doesn't sign a contract and I, I agree though if he's not going to sign I think if there's clubs that want him I think we're going to need to look to try and take some money because you can't just let another one walk out the door. I said to Mickey last week when we done a show I was like I think it's
1: formality he signs on the first day of pre-season it gets out. Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: But we're two days in and nothing's come out yet. I still think it's a formality, surely, because I think Cooper, whenever he speaks about Berylson and the club, is always really in high regard and I think he's noble enough to go. If he's not going to sign, he, he'll expect to get moved on, I think, surely. But I don't know. It, it's a weird one.
4: Oh, I just... i uh, they have liked to think... move him oh, That's the other question. Uh, who The defence is so... Let's face it, is weak at the moment. It really is weak. So they, it's catch too. Do you let a, a, a really good defender walk out the door because he's not signing the contract and then you're left with another position to fill? Or... Or not? I I, I don't know. I, I I hope they get something done.
1: Especially if he plays about five as well, right? Like, mm. You're in trouble. Or you say about Billy Mitchell and how good he is? Do we give? You said him earlier, Mickey, the youth. Do we do we try and see what these lot are capable of? Well, Cody's mm-hmm. linked to a I mean, we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously to Rochdale, weren't he? Was Rushdown, down, he, he? he yeah, it wasn't was Rochdale. Yeah.
4: Go, on, Mickey.
2: I oh, know. I just think. I just. I I just think that. You know, have we got have we got some of the youth defenders who could potentially come in and play, you know, if we get rid of Cooper? But again, it's, it's... I,
1: I sit with it, like if they're good enough they like they can play. But also you can't ignore the fact they're the best for they're the best non Premier League under twenty one team in the country. They've proved it, they've won the league for it and then they won the title. So they're best in the south and they beat the team that's the best in the north. Okay, over one game. But you can't ignore that. And surely the club must be thinking there's got to be something we can do and get these players involved. I'm not saying they we should sign, we should pay five of them in the first team at like the first game of the season, but you've got to be look at these players and go, there's some serious talent in there. You've got to utilise it and use it. And also it makes more value because if they do hit the ground running, one of the five, they're worth five million all of a sudden. Eze's probably worth, well, five million now. I, I hate to say it, but it's crazy, but it's true. Let's be honest. He's scoring goals for England already. Well. Yeah, well, we'll come back, we'll come on to him in two seconds. But the problem you've got,
2: how many of those youth teams have got a pro contract at the minute? Because if they haven't,
1: then you're only talking compensation, which ain't a, it's lot. a lot of youth team is so, 21. So be- I think a, a lot of them will have
4: pro contracts because it's 21s. I think the it's other thing to to maybe, but... so it'd be interesting started yeah. there to see what's what, yeah. The other thing is, as well, it would be interesting, I know when as well, but it would be interesting to see how Sheffield United, for example, will see their youngsters. Are any of them going to get an opportunity in the Premier League? Like, do they do they think as much of their youth players obviously we played them in that game as what as what we do? We're talking about some of our players looking to, to go into the first team. I I think I think the the problem with the with the youth and it will always be Mickey I think Mickey touched on it is the contract situation because they're never going to be given huge contracts. They're never going to be given unless like SA who we all know, the golden boy at the moment, that you're always going to have he, the bigger fish come. He's potentially going. Yeah. And that's it. You, you, the yeah. England under- 18. The England looking at him.
2: Yeah, it all depends if he keeps putting away for England. And the problem is, is that what you have with a problem as well is that once your, once your youth players are being picked for England, then unfortunately they can get tapped up fairly easily. Other players, agents, et cetera, They, 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 they're out of your protective bubble, and they're into the England setup. Where, let's be honest, that uh, you know agents and friends of friends and all of this will get access to them. It happens. We know it happens with, you know, the the senior team. But there is room. I don't that, know for SA's going for about three million.
3: I just say I don't know what the England under nineteen setup looks like as well. But I can't imagine it's too many football league clubs being represented there if
4: any no the last, the last uh, I mean they look really I mean, the big clubs aren't they the last team that was put out I think it was two two players from the football league were one was SA and uh, the other one I think was uh, Bellingham Joby Bellingham yeah yeah, and the rest were all from Premier League sides
1: and it's one thing being picked another thing scoring goals like yeah. he's, he's grabbing headlines like even if he's not playing Amazingly, his 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 value is going up exponentially, probably. I imagine because he's scoring goals for them as well at that level and
4: doing the business amongst them sort of players. And it's gonna it's gonna stand out. Can you can you imagine just just say just for argument's sake, uh, the interest from Liverpool is there, but nothing happens. He stays a middle player. And between the fifth of August and the thirty first of August, we'll play about four or five games. If SA hits the if it hits the ground running. And gets a couple of goals for us. I honestly can see come the, the end of the transfer window, someone coming in for him. You look at that Fabio Cavaliere that goes to that Fulham. He was mm.
1: nineteen, weren't he? And scoring bundles got eighteen even. And you know Liverpool signed for ten million pounds in the end. Because mm. I think this is you got you got the right exposure for him. If uh, I think Rao says he's going to play games this year, so I mean, I think he doesn't go this summer personally. I think I think it doesn't happen, but it will happen eventually if he does what everyone hopes he does. Let's be honest. Yeah, we'll wait and see on there, but yeah.
2: Um yeah, I suppose the other one, well, in in Rowett's point where he raised didn't necessarily it didn't seem that good in the in the news at Dentham was Alex Mitchell. Again, enough of a defender, innit? Is he is, well is he good enough for the championship?
4: Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I I don't think they're sure on him personally I really don't they never say it they'll never ever say it because they're not going to dent the a young players confidence but you would the way he spoke about SA and told everyone he was going to play games and he's looking to be a star and then he spoke about Alex Mitchell you know having the exposure but he, we'll have to have a look at him etc I, I just don't think they're sure on him he,
3: he played 27 I mean and again I know it's he played 27 times for Johnston last year he could she so wanted so he could draw a direct comparison with Danny Mac I, I get one's a full back and one's a centre half but you, I mean you could it, I, it would be interesting but it, I do get that feeling like you say Stephen, they're just not sure on him I think he he also so, played the
1: same league against Kevin Isbitt though as well do you know what I mean But like it's it, it's got to be of standard right
3: yeah and I mean before that he was at Laganorian with they He mm. off I'd imagine he's going to be in and around the squad right or they're going to get rid of him on a, a for a fee he's going to be sold isn't he I, don't, I can't see him going out on loan again this year
1: he's won Young Player of the Year at all three of them clubs as well I'm pretty sure so undoubtedly there is something there about him I, I, think, I think the criticism will probably be about his footwork if whether or not he can do that Yeah, that's probably yeah. what it
4: seems to be the drawback and if you're if we don't I mean we're all assuming and we've all said it on shows that, that we've done that we think Rauer's going to go to a free back or the five when you take into consideration wing backs, but if he doesn't and he goes with two central defenders, I don't think we can the last a season. And I, don't, I mean, no disrespect to them, we can't add Cooper and Alex Mitchell as the two center halves because mm. they can't, they can't, they haven't got, they haven't got, they don't have the footballing ability to to be able to play how Raul wants them to. So unless wow. he do go to a three, I don't think Mitchell can. I don't think Mitchell can play
3: turn the um, Titanic
4: yeah, yeah. I, mean, you I do, say double deck a bus I say <laughs> uh, but you could do
2: Cooper and Chris well though couldn't you or yes,
1: you but yes, or if Murray Wallace is a left center back and then he played Cooper in the heart of defense, that's also, I think, I well. think the fact My, that we Murray Wallace offers more left center half I think than he does a left wing back if Joe Bryan's a left wing back
3: oh. I think that's going what I was about to say Actually, Jay, what's going to happen is though, I think if we've signed Joe Bryan, which we all think we have then I'd imagine he's going to be looking at moving Maza back to being a centre half or that left sided centre half. Okay. Don't forget, he's on contract until Saturday.
2: He's, he's, he's still under contract, contract with Fulham until Saturday. So we're not going to, we could announce possibly that, you know, he's out a medical and everything else, but we're not going to be able to announce
1: realistically that he's signed for us while he's still under contract with him. They didn't think of that one, but I'm pretty sure clubs normally do announce them early, but I didn't think of that one. Good point. I think that's why
2: that's why I'm hearing that it'll be over the weekend, but that's why I think possibly it'll be Monday. They're doing an announcement on Monday. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. Right. Um, we're a little bit longer in than what it was, but I wanted to touch on obviously um, there was a video out this week, um, and it'll be good to you. I know a few of us have watched it. I don't know if Ben has, but Ben will play along and pretend to Um It's from. Hashtag United. I'm not their biggest fan. Um Well done. Well done, Bueno S. Great. <laughs> I mean, all the obviously, fans. Huh? Great pronunciation, mate. Well done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what other word I can say as well. Um uh, is um Spencer and the other fellow from hashtag United, they were um under the same hummel deal with uh the elite group as Millwall was. and and unless you've been living under a rock or you've not really um, known about it. Basically, Hummel had a UK licence operator in the UK, what was a company called Elite, uh, the Elite Group. Elite Sports Group. Group. Elite Sports Group, there you go. And basically, they um, distributed and done all the deals for um, Hummel shirts within clubs. So they range from... Premiership clubs, the likes of Everton, um, cobb Um Southampton, Millwall, Hashtag United, and league teams all the way down the league. There was probably about 80, 90 teams uh, they supplied kit for and merchandise and everything else. Through the Hashtag United video, we knew, obviously, Millwall was in a bit of pain from this, but we didn't really understand how much pain they were in until you watch the hashtag I mean I mean you 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 two watched it I mean did it bring home potentially the amount of pain and I know some more on that, so I can go into a little bit of that in a minute but did it bring home potentially the amount of pain Millwall was in after watching that
1: video and we put the link in the video on on the description and both the pod and that. YouTube. There's multiple things that come from it. Also, the timing they went bust. It was just before Black Friday. And I think all the time it obviously raised a lot of questions. But you got to think like just before Black Friday on like a commerce sort of level, that, that's a serious, serious, serious kind of, you know, downfall and a lot of revenue lost out on the club. It's weird the dynamics of it. But hashtag said like their deal was they didn't. And also, it's why it might explain the club shot might have shut because obviously the club shot shut too at the time. But um, they outsourced all of it, and obviously Mill might have done the same thing. It sounds like because the club shot shut until they got it back under umbrella. Sorry. So like, so with that, right? It's like you lose a lot of money, a lot of revenue, but also you're entrusting someone else to supply your kit. I get it. Don't get me wrong, but and I'm sure it's done. I know it's actually done a high level, like to Nike, for example, with Chelsea, Liverpool, and stuff like that. But it's 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 obviously like. If something sounds too good to be true, it feels like to me, it probably is too good to be true. I, I hate to be that sort of critique, but like it, it's the nonsense of it is it's it's ridiculous. It is crazy. Like you heard you heard it too, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, what it was in
2: Millwall. So basically at Millwall, Millwall signed a deal with the Elite Sports Group. And under that they basically become their retail partner. So the whole shop pretty much lop, stop, barrel. Printing machines, um, the number machines, the tills, the computer system, the EPOS, everything in that shop was Elite. So, the minute Elite went pop, the shop was locked down for administration. The club didn't own any of the materials in there. The club couldn't legally sell anything in that club shop because of the administration. And the, the the biggest problem what come, which is now, because of the hashtag video, you can watch it and actually see and understand, is that a lot of fans were trying to buy stuff around Black Friday and everywhere else. Christmas. And allegedly, yeah, well, Christmas slightly different because we will suddenly pulled a few things and managed to get the stock, which we'll go back into in a minute. But Elite was basically still having an active website run through Millwall's website, you know, a a mirrored on um, e-commerce and basically selling you stuff but weren't sending you anything out. And they were controlling all that data. So the problem you had is that everybody who brought something could go to Millwall and complain, but Millwall didn't even know that you brought something. Until you produced your receipt, Millwall didn't have a clue that you'd actually brought something because all the data was owned by the elite group. And that that's uh, that I mean, it gets it gets a lot deeper. But that's that pain on a club when you've got a club shop situated next to the ground, where you can't even fucking put a key in the door because it's not yours. You're not allowed to enter it because of administration rules It's just fucking crazy
4: and painful for a the, club like Millwall. The biggest problem with it to the I high- sorry obviously hashtag We're talking about it but i was looking at it from our point of view we're not a club as we know that particularly sell loads of shirts anyway so but the ones that we do sell are crucial it's still income that 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 we would rely on so you know it doesn't matter how many how many you sell if you cannot sell any it impacts the pockets of uh, of the club i think I think Omar, you just said there, you know, sometimes things can be a little bit too good to be true. Um, which, look, the club, and we've discussed this so many times, off the field are trying to improve. They're trying to get better. They're trying to make the experience better. They're trying to encourage more revenue streams and things like that. However, you run the risk when you go down and sign an agreement with a company that do have all the rights over everything. You, you, they took the risk and they were burned. And I think you'll, you know, the Fanatics, the Fanatics deal now. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's, uh, Millwall have, again, they've taken a bit of risk. Of course they have, because it's not, the it's something that we've never really ventured into. But they're trying to find something that makes them a little bit better commercially. And last year, it just, it, it blew up in their face a little bit. But I don't think I mean, there's any fault of their own. I mean, if there's anyone listening, hang on, he
2: I was just saying if there's anyone sorry, if there's anyone from Fanatics who just happens to stroll across our show, please get in touch and we give you a few ideas of potential shirt design shop, rather than the fucking shit you got in there in a minute. But
1: <laughs> there we go. go on,
3: man. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, you just uh come to point I am not I haven't watched a documentary, I'm not as commercially probably into it as probably all you guys are, but just as a just looking at, at it as a club of the size that we are, and you said it there, Steve, we're not a club that sells loads of merchandise or shirts, I would imagine, compared to anyone else, probably in the football league, we were probably quite low. It's so, not like we've got two or three shops. We've got one. So why would we enlist a third party to manage all that for us, where every asset is given to them, including the club shop, the keys to the club shop, the teals, everything? To me, that doesn't seem like the greatest of a commercial move, because what... Well, it's like... it. it
2: it's I think as Ricky as well. so like, was what to... Go on. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is, say for instance, tomorrow morning we, would, we we decided that we wanted to do, you know, loads of merchandise, everything else. We could either go out and spend tens of thousands of pounds on merchandise or material and everything else, or you can pretty much go down a, a, a pretty direct route, which is pretty much what Hummel was offering with their... Um, uh what's it? weren't Terrace. Who is it? I can't forget the name of the, um, the name of the company. What they what they they run as. But basically, what they do is they they will then put a T-shirt on their website. They carry no stock or bare minimum stock. And then what happens is that you'll basically go, "Yep, yeah, we we'll have that. I love that design in that colour, Post it. Someone will print that, and then basically bung it in a bag and it's out the door. And then what happens then is that you will get paid a fee, a smaller fee. But off that, without actually holding any stock, so you don't actually have any liability. With but I
3: think that's exactly what
1: interesting. Of... But this is what I think. This is what I. This is my angle then. Of what I yeah. think happened. Hashtag said, regardless of what we sell, until we hit a threshold, we get a flat fee from Elite Sports Group. Yeah. So if you're Millwall and you say yeah. like Ben says there, being a the cynic, we don't sell a lot of shirts. So maybe if they fabricated it or help try us to do a deal and be like, look. Uh, an esports group would give you half a million pound for three years, or I don't know, whatever how much quantified the money is, and if we hit certain thresholds afterwards. But if you're Mill, you might be thinking we're never going to hit the numbers anyway. We'll just take the cash. Yeah. It might it might be worth more to us doing that than actually selling the paying to do the, the distribution ourselves and selling the merchandise ourselves. That's, so I reckon Mill must yeah. Mill must be like, well, Quids in here Let's just do it this way, and it backfired on us. Maybe uh, maybe that's something to say because it is crazy I mean, Yeah,
3: like, like, think... why do you why do you off ship that to someone else when like you can probably do it yourself but I... it's, it's not like, it's not like, cool. like we Man united or liverpool right where we are shipping out to hundreds of thousands millions of fans like, it's going to be like as I say what, I mean I buy all the shirts so I like giving the club some money I don't wear them but I, I buy them every year but it's, it, it's, it's not, it's, not it's, yeah it's it's, 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 not it's, not it's not like it's actually if you can't get shirts is it <laughs> no, but I think, kit, I, 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 I have
2: to say, listen, if you've got a company that's basically sitting there saying to you, look, we'll give you X amount of money, like X X hundreds of thousands of pounds, um, and we'll manage your shop so that, you know, we're staff it, we're basically look after it, we're door the key you know, the e-commerce, we've got a website, everything else. It's it's a no-brainer deal, especially with the way that the Millwall shop be been run over the years, over the past year. So all of a sudden, in their eyes, and we get to the point where it all went wrong, but in their eyes, you've got a company that's basically established, proven, doing really well, got loads of contacts within fabric and, and merchandising areas. You go, listen it's the other I do. it. Then all of a sudden, there was a European court ruling um, regarding... They got fined, basically. They got fined. Price price fixing with people like, with Rangers and um, Sports Direct, um, and they got hit with massive fines. I mean, millions and millions of pounds worth of fines. I think, you know, we're, we're talking massive fines. And I think the league group had about a 900 grand fine. And literally, just after that all become public, two weeks later, they went pop. But they were printing stuff and making stuff. I read it was 9 million, by the way. 9 million. I I think that was direct. I I think that was sports direct or Rangers. But yeah, I think they had about um, Mm. 900,000. But then, like Hashtag says, they were basically, they're supposed to have agreed, you know, they had a non-exclusivity on the brand, which basically means, because we've looked into this, well, basically means that I could design anything with a brand on it, send it to the brand owner and say, are you okay with this? They then say Yes we then go get the merchandise made and sell that item and pay them a small commission, which is obviously the same deal what they had. It's a small commission, mm. normally 10%, 15%. But they were making stuff as fast as they could without necessarily gaining all the rights or gaining the permissions purely to just try. It was as if they were just trying to turn over. And if you watch the hashtag it's what they say happened it, it, You know, I'm using their words from their video it's basically what they did, they had loads of merch because they knew that Hashtag's got a big following, a young following, so they could get away with pencil caps, capitalised bottles etc, 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 but didn't tell, you know, it weren't until Hashtag got all their items back through the administrators, which don't forget they then had to pay for on top of what they've already paid as such, and, and and then when they went through the boxes, they found stuff what they'd never agreed to. And I just wonder how much of that potentially happened at Millwall. And I just think the pain was, mm. you know, unbelievable. Um, do I think it could happen potentially again with fanatics? Possibly they you know, they're the same sort of sound, but I think they're probably a much bigger organisation because they do, you know, NBA,
4: NA, all of that. What's your, what's your thing? The, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm pretty sure that all the catering that Mill will do as well isn't actually it. They get it's external companies that 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 run the catering, isn't it? It's not the club that. So so basically, what the club were looking to do, they were looking to outsource pretty much as much as they could because again, for whatever reason, liability costs, whatever. Well, and the club's only open twenty six twenty six days yeah. a year. And that's and that to me that to I, I, I get I get why they went down that route. But on the what you said there, you know, hashtag United. I don't know. I don't know an awful lot about them. I don't. I'll be honest. I watched the video, but which was interesting, and <clears throat> I watched it purely for the because it was linked directly to us and what happened to us. But if you if you think about, I reckon Mill. I reckon Mill. When all of that was was. Um, come out and they we we would have had to buy some of our stock from the administrators as well wouldn't we we'd have had to have done all of that i reckon they got all of that stock and they were absolutely shell-shocked and i don't think i don't think they really knew what hit them and and we we criticize i criticize um you know commercially we we don't get things right but it was completely taken out of their hands at that point and there was nothing they could do there was absolutely nothing they could do i agree i do agree should i have to think about how getting Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, listen. There's loads and loads of rumours going around um, about Husky at the moment. Um, It's unfounded, or you know, it's it's un it's unconfirmed as yet. Um, The shirts will be leaked this week. Definitely do have um, Husky on the uh, on the shirts that they're imprinted in. Um, I know that there is a new sponsor. Um, for the training which is great because there's obviously beneficial new money um, to them and I don't think it's part of um, the original Husky one but I don't know maybe, maybe but I know that that's coming in now which is great but yeah I, I, listen we, we can't confirm um, in any way uh, that Husky or the rumours were flying around uh, are true we have tried but we, as far as we're led to believe Husky is still our sponsor and um, at this moment in time, whether that change is going forward or not, I don't know, we're not involved in,
1: you know, in top-ranking talks, are you? I don't know, but I think what you can't get away from is commercially in the last year, whoever's, like, been leading the commercial charge with this, it's having an absolute clangour, if no fault of their own as well, Let's, but let's be frank, if the shirt manufacturer you go to with a life change, a club record-breaking deal has gone bust, and Husky are trying to get out of the club record-breaking partner deal we done three years ago, four years ago. <laughs> I know, little well, well, we don't know, cricket. I mean, I, I know when Little Millward were trying to scrape the barrel and try to reach as far as we can and try and get as much money in commercially as a club. And I and I do get the angle because I imagine they're under pressure. These people in the commercial department to make it happen, but it's not a good look. I, uh, but at the same time, I guess we're a victim of trying to. Try and claw as much money as possible because we need to compensate for the fact that we only have fourteen thousand thousand people turn up every week. We only have you know X amount of shirt sales. We only turn over X amount. I, I totally get it, but you you got you, you got to look at yourself sometimes and go. The shirt manufacturers on bus. <laughs> the, the kit of sponsor is you know we'd, allegedly with no one knows is trying to get out of the training kit. So there's no no sponsor training kit now, and it's it's, there's, it's, there's, it's there's a bit of a mess. Spons- it's a mess. I think, I think the problem is, is that because
2: of everything what has gone on with the shirt sponsor, I think that because of the time scales to get the training kit made, that there wasn't. Because they, it's not Husky was sponsoring it this year. They basically, the kit's got the sponsor on Husky on. They didn't get time. So I think the, the, the kit what the, the players are wearing at the moment for, for today and this week, I think haven't, but I think
1: there's a, it was it's a partner a break real. partnership though, which we'd have been agreed for four or five years. I, I listen, I'm not criticising the club because the club's trying to reach above its means and try and get as much revenue as
4: possible. But it's not a good look, is it? <laughs> I not. also think I also think though, for a fan base that we don't uh, like Ben, I mean I I maybe buy one of the shirts, I play football, the, the, the team the play is six aside playing blue, so it's handy to have sometimes a middle shirt and playing because it fit it, it suits. I'd, I wouldn't go out of my way to buy all the kits and I, I'm, not, I, I'm not that fussed in the kit and I know a lot of the fan base are, but all of a sudden, everyone's interested. Everybody wants to know what well, the kit is. It, it's taken me really by surprise that so many people are so seemingly triggered by the fact that we haven't got a kit out yet and what colours they are. I, I, I don't understand it.
2: I'm led to believe that the kits why I released are pretty much nailed on. There could be a few additions to that but I'm pretty much uh, under, under under honesty that they're basically it. But look, listen, that's it. Um, we're done for another week. If you want us to go into the hash side a little bit more, let us know. Um, but we will put the link on the description on both the podcast and the YouTube show so you can click on it and watch it yourself and then maybe get involved in the comments and stuff like that.
3: That's it. Well, thank you very much, gents, for another night, um, another show.
2: That's it. You'll find us with new shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you're not following us yet, get subscribed, get following, get across all social media. We are the number one the world podcast with honesty, open views. Um, what am I, Avenger? Anyway, later. See you next week.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.